As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey everyone, I'm Christina Garibaldi. Welcome to our podcast, The Wellness Academy CBD and Essential Oils, brought to you by our partners at Forest Remedies, where we will give you everything you need to know about CBD and essential oils, and we'll uncover everything you need to know about cannabidiol, including what it actually is, its benefits and uses, and why it has become so popular in recent years. And we are continuing to add to our challenge of getting 1 million people to go natural in 2020. Now, we are almost at the end of our series, but I am really excited about this episode because it's all about our furry friends. Today, our expert, Dr. Graham Wood, joins us again, as does Neptune Wellness CEO, Michael Camerata. But for this episode, we are also joined by holistic veterinarian, Patrick Mahaney. Hi, guys. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course. I'm so excited to talk about our furry friends, and I know that we have a lot to get to. Now, shockingly enough, CBD can be the perfect complementary supplement for your pets. That's right. It's not just for humans. There are lots of reasons why CBD is good for our dogs, cats, and other animals. Right, Patrick? Absolutely. Yeah, there are many reasons that are touted to have um, health benefits for pets. Uh, We're still learning more about the use of CBD in pets, even though um, various extracts of the cannabis sativa L plant have been around and used in pets and in people for many, many years. It's still something that we have to take an educated approach on because it is something that has come to market very quickly. And uh, actually, the veterinary community is actually in the catch-up process as compared to what is available for the consumer at this point. Now, does this have the same benefits as humans? It can have many of the same benefits. Um, Dogs and cats and many other species have a built-in receptor system that naturally receive um, cannabinoids. It's called the endocannabinoid receptor system. And it's really um, kind of built around neurochemicals that help to promote a healthier state or a calmer state or a less inflamed state in the body. And uh, the the endocannabinoid system is the system to which the cannabinoids that we would take, the tinctures, the uh, the edible chews or something like that, or other formats, depending on what species you are, uh, would bind to and potentially have health benefiting effects. Definitely. Now, Graham, is this 100% safe for pets? 100% safe is, uh, I think, a, that's big, very broad. And I think it's nothing is 100% safe. I mean, the, the water you're drinking, you drink enough of that and you're going to have problems. I mean, a lot of a lot of the early research uh, on cannabidiol was actually done done in animals, um, and yeah, I mean, it's been shown that it is it is very safe for animals. Mm-hmm. There are some questions around THC in particular. Um, should pets take only take supplements that have zero THC? Because there is a belief that potentially there's uh, some extra sensitivity, especially with dogs uh, mm-hmm. with THC. But if you look into the actual studies, it's really, it's unclear. So I think, I think what's happening partially is in the states where it's been legalized, uh, actually a lot of pets are getting into people's stashes and they're, they're eating marijuana 
And so they're having really strong reactions to the, the marijuana. So people are assuming it's okay, the THC must be must be bad. Mm-hmm. So but that tiny, tiny amount of THC that you would have in a full spectrum, the chances of it actually to doing anything to dogs is, is very, very little. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people for just out of caution, do prefer THC free when they want to use hemp extracts for pets. And what about like an age limit? Is there is it for puppies or is it for older dogs? Like, because that's a question I get, and I'm kind of saying this because I also have Rico the Doggo one on Instagram. <laughs> I'm not going to give him a plug, but he's almost got a million followers. Oh um, my husky puppy, and I just want to know what your opinion on that is. I mean, in I mean. I guess the, the hard part there, again, is we, there, there hasn't been tons and tons of, of research. Um, when you look at, uh, obviously, I mean, from the hemp marijuana plant, people have been using it for years and years. They have been doing a lot of studies on humans. Um, when you look at humans, it's not, it's not a good idea, for, especially for like, marijuana products that have THC, to use it before probably about 25 or use it a lot. Um, because your, your neural pathways are still forming and it can interrupt how your neural pathways form. But likely all those results are because of the THC. So again, when we're talking a hemp extract, which really doesn't have much THC, then those issues might not be there, but we don't know. That's one a way in on that too. So um, certainly there is the potential that uh, CBD products could be used in younger animals, including puppies. At this point, the studies that are, have been done and are being done have been done on ailments that are generally specific to adult and senior dogs. For example, osteoarthritis, which is the progression of arthritis, which is just joint inflammation to the degree where you have um, modification of the surface of the joint. So it becomes rough and irregular and painful. So there have been studies on osteoarthritis that show that CBD can potentially help. And same thing with um, seizure disorders as well. Generally an issue that's affecting um, at least adult dogs. So generally dogs are considered puppies until around 12, around 12, excuse me, 12 months, which is one year. <laughs> um, one year is when growth plates close. And so that's really technically when they're, when they've reached their adult body size, that's when you can consider that your, your puppy would be an adult. And so um, as far as I'm aware, the dogs that were using the studies involving epilepsy were at least a year older, but there is certainly the potential that puppies could benefit. Now, are there any specific pets that may react better to this? Dogs, cats, birds, anything like that? Is there anything that really responds well to this? Um, it's really hard to say like what um, an expectation as to certain animals that would respond better because it really should be used on a per-patient basis to try to manage a particular condition. Um, if, if you have, say, an average otherwise healthy animal, the, uh, there may be a limited value in starting it on CBD. There could be benefits to it as well. So it's hard to say um, if, if you were to start it earlier on in life or something, if it wouldn't have some help. But I would really take a case-by-case basis in terms of deciding to start your particular personal pet on a, on a CBD product. Mm-hmm. Now, how can you tell if it is helping your pet? Um, from my perspective, I, I've been I've been having patients take CBD for a long time. Um, the, there's some controversy around CBD use in veterinary medicine in terms of the legality of the products and the ability for we veterinarians to dispense um, or recommend products. But we certainly can advise clients on at least in the state of California. So um, I feel as though I can note benefit in my patients if, say, they are taking um, they say they have arthritis and they're taking anti-inflammatory drugs. Or maybe they're taking not drugs that numb pain. Those drugs invariably have 
side effects, which could be non-existent that you would see, but could be mild going on inside the body and could even become quite severe with anti-inflammatories that could be digestive tract upset or kidney or liver um, issues with pain-numbing drugs that could be sedation and slowing down of the gut and other behavior responses. So I think really my goal, if a patient is taking a CBD product for arthritis, is try to minimize the consumption of those medications while still having the pet feel good and hopefully have different therapeutic effects beyond what we would see um, from those medications. So generally, we would note the pet feeling better, hopefully still being comfortable while taking less medications to manage a particular condition. Yeah, because I've, I've seen personally the difference of what happens to my house uh, when I leave my house and I didn't give it a treat of CBD and, uh, and I come back. Uh, I think it has severe anxiety and attachment issues that we're working through with Rico. Um, and so the question that I had was really like, how, am I the only person that's been using it for anxiety or attachment issues for, because obviously the puppy, uh, is obsessed, uh, and doesn't like to be left alone. Right. So in your, yeah, in your dog's case, the dog sounds like perhaps there are some issues with separation anxiety, which can't say I'm surprised about with the breed like a husky. So <laughs> and he's very certainly. picky in what he eats. Like if <laughs> that, I learned that lesson is you can't give him a variety of food because once you give him a variety of food, he will not eat until you give him that variety of food back. Uh, yeah, so some, like, sometimes I have to make so him three different dinners. So yeah, so it's like you need to create the structure, and hopefully he will he will abide by your structure at some point. But yeah, so that's a great example because certainly we have a dog that's exhibiting these behaviors, which are causing a problem in the household, and also qu- are quite damaging for him. I mean, if it's even just as simple as him sitting at home and howling all day, that's very stressful to his respiratory tract. He's not going to be able to kind of t- have his afternoon naps and kind of uh, recover from whatever day to day stressors there are beyond what's going on with separation anxiety but some dogs with separation anxiety will eat their way out of rooms and so that's very destructive for their mouths and for their digestive tract not only for your walls and for your, your cabinets and things like that so i think it's a great example that you're giving there that we have this younger animal that's exhibiting separation anxiety signs and you've found a way to help that's generally going to probably be a fairly um, natural and accepted and also safe way there's lots of facts to learn about CBD and CBD products. So I wanted to let you know that if you head on over to www.forestremedies.com, you can learn everything you need to know about CBD essentials. One of my favorite products is the hemp extract pet soother, just like human pets can benefit from the many advantages that CBD products can bring. Right now, if you use the code PETLOVE at checkout on the hemp extract pet soother, you will receive 15% off. Again, that's code PETLOVE, P-E-T-L-O-V-E, at www.forceremedies.com. I mean, you mentioned separation anxiety, but are there other instances where an animal would need need this? Are there any other examples? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's a, so um, epilepsy is certainly a good one because we have dogs that are going on um, fairly significant doses of and sometimes multiple drugs, anti-epileptic drugs or anti-convulsant drugs that are helping to hopefully control their seizures. Um, and I've had some patients show some very good responses to just using CBD products and actually never having seizures or having much less frequent seizures. And kind of an interesting point that was brought up earlier with um, with Graham is that <clears throat> there are potentially some therapeutic benefits to THC in animals. Granted, the doses are going to be a lot smaller, but 
dogs that have seizure disorders sometimes do benefit from a little bit of THC. It's a matter of finding out what's the appropriate amount. And that's why there are different organizations that can, beyond just working with your veterinarian, that can really help you to tailor the, uh, the appropriate dose for your pet. Mm-hmm. Would you recommend getting a vet's recommendation before you start using? Absolutely. And the thing is, it's so new in, in, in veterinary medicine that your vet may not have an ex- a lot of experience. And so what are you going to do in that point? Are you going to just go to the dispensary and and, uh, and find out what products are available and try them out yourself? There's actually an organization called the Veterinary Cannabis Education and Consulting, um, which is veterinarycannabis.org, where clients can um, have a, a certified technician help them through the process of determining what's the appropriate products for pets. And this involves the veterinarian sending over medical records, and then they kind of take over from there and determining what are the pet needs and what are the appropriate products and how to use them. Mm-hmm. Like you said, this is so new, but are you finding a lot of people are coming in and asking you questions about this? Absolutely. Um, it's, uh, and the thing is, like, I live in West Hollywood, where, as Graham pointed out, um, there are many, many marijuana dispensaries. And even when I moved here in uh, 2006, I was sometimes would treat multiple marijuana toxicities in one day when I worked emergency. And toxicity means the pet comes in, it's disoriented, and it's kind of waving back and forth, and it's vocalized because it ate somebody's stash. But you have owners now coming to you because they want to potentially see the therapeutic benefits in their pets. And I also work in the realm of cancer treatment as well at a facility called Veterinary Cancer Group in Culver City, California. And um, many patients that have cancer are not feeling well because of their cancer or they're taking chemotherapeutic drugs that are potentially causing side effects. And so I've, including even my own dog, Cardiff, who's now deceased, who had lymphoma, I've seen many patients benefit from taking CBD in conjunction with other therapeutics for cancer. So cancer is another great place where I feel as though it can help. Yeah. Speaking of dosage, Graham, like, would it be the same for, obviously not the same for humans and animals, correct? Yeah. yeah I mean, you, you definitely do need to, to adjust the dose. And I, th- I mean, I think that's why uh, speaking to your veterinarian and to really to understand okay, what should be the right dose for, for your particular pet is, mm-hmm. is definitely a good idea. And I don't think trial and error kind of by yourself is probably not the, not the best way to go about it. Um, but yeah, make sure you're informed when you start. And I mean, uh, the other thing is start low and then you can, you can work your way up. Yeah. Um, don't, don't, you don't start high and then work your way back down. It's definitely <laughs> not, not, not the best well. way to go. Um, but yeah, just make sure you're, you're informed when mm-hmm. you, when you start. And size of the dog, is that, does that make a difference? Yeah. I mean, I mean, definitely, I mean, just like in, in, in humans, I mean, we, we have to adjust based on, I mean, doses for kids are different than doses for adults. So you, you definitely do need to adjust, uh, for the size as well as the, the age. Cause I mean, how, how well you clear drugs from your system does change with age too. So a, a much older dog may have a harder time clearing it out of a system. So may a higher chance for, for it building up. So it's very good, as Graham said, to start with small dosing and gradually increase to the therapeutic dose that works for your pet as per the ongoing assessment by your veterinarian. Now, what are the pet products that this comes in? Is it bones? Is it treats? Is it food? Is it kind of everything? I'll let Graham jump on that one first. <laughs> I, I mean, from what I've seen, I think it's all of the above. I mean, mm-hmm. I think people are people are kind of putting it into everything, which can be a problem because I mean if you're if you're taking it in three in your bones in your food in I mean as well as like a supplement you're dropping in the mouth you you can definitely lead to to taking too much um, so I I think you probably best just pick one but there is a huge variety uh, out there 
Um, I mean, the other thing you have to know is how well it's absorbed depends on what it's, it's eaten with. So if you, if you eat it with something that has a bit more fat, you absorb a lot more of the cannabidiol versus you have it on an empty stomach. It was only like maybe 5% of it actually gets absorbed. So you do need to, again, take care of what it's with. Um, but yeah, I would just pick one product and, and, or one type and, and stick with it. And run with it. I mean, looking back at the, you know, the animals that you have treated with this, what's kind of your favorite success story, Patrick? Um, well, so, um, I think just I want to piggyback on what he's saying in terms mm-hmm. of um, format. I really I feel like tinctures are probably the best format because it's a it's a liquid. It's usually some type of um, of fat, and it's it's a healthy fat like a medium chain tri medium chain triglyceride fat like a coconut oil or something like that. So it's pretty tasty and mild, and and dogs generally and cats generally accept it as well. And it could be put on your finger and rubbed on their gums. It could be like put on the underside of the tongue, actually transmucosal, meaning through the mouth, through, through the mucosa, the tissue lining your mouth, uh, your oral cavity, like your gums. Going through the gums is really um, known to be, as far as I'm aware in the veterinary community, the best route as we had before the example that the dog eats the CBD chew and we are seeing that that therapeutic effect of having less anxiety is great. And so there are some absorption of cannabinoids through the gut as well, through the intestines, the stomach, no, because it's just a, an acid place. Um, but certainly I, I feel like the success story that I felt was, was just so profound was that with my own patient Cardiff, my own dog Cardiff, who um, had had cancer twice um, and had to have chunks of intestine removed and then went on chemotherapy pretty continuously, he felt so much better after he was started on a CBD product and um, just was brighter and alert and had fewer side effects from his chemotherapy, ate better and just generally had a better quality of life despite having cancer and having to go through cancer treatment with surgery and chemotherapy. Definitely. Learned so much. Thank you guys so much. That is all the time we have for today. Graham, Michael, Patrick, thank you again. Of course, we want to make sure everyone at home is doing this correctly. As we said, consulting your vet is extremely important when it comes to what dosage to use, what products are best for your pet, and what problems you need solved for any domestic animals. Now, everyone should absolutely stick around because we have one more episode in this series where we will dive into more specific topics about CBD. Now, don't forget to go to www.forestremedies.com to pick up all your favorite CBD products and subscribe to the show to keep learning more about CBD and its incredible health benefits. Jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.